0: This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com family.
1: All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest, in the uh, United States, Canada, around the world, China, wherever we may be at, we know one thing, our uh, long distance devil Paul Hornstein is live on Long Island. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul, we finally have some real game action to talk about, and I know you got all kinds of stuff oh, to talk oh, about, oh, oh, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that all to you. We're <sighs> playing good cop, bad cop. I'm going to tell you, I'm the good cop guys. so just pat me on the back next time you see me in the arena and, and send all the hate mail to Paul. He's a little frustrated with the weekend. Bring it on. Uh, both on and off the ice, but Let's summarize, Paul, just a little bit. First of all, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm good. You know, uh, listen, uh, there are worse fates in life than to uh, get to complain about uh, hockey on and off the ice. And I have compliments, too. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just – well, I am cranky, but I don't want to make it seem like I don't have anything good to say. All right. Well, I'll tell
1: you what. I was there. Um, I'm still, as Coach Powers said today in the 5-Minute Powers, we'll have him on, by the way, as well on the show. We'll also have uh, a very brief uh, visit with Brinson Pashnuk. Captain Brinson is He had to get to class today. Uh, What? Class? What? I had asked for for Jacob Wilson. Uh, He had to go to class even earlier. What? And I will tell you what I saw on the ice today was an awful lot of special teams work aka power play um coach powers was was there overseeing it but trust me both mike field and uh, alex hicks were on the uh on the ice instructing how they wanted that power play to run so that tells me that this trip to mankato this weekend Paul, is going to be won or lost on the specialty teams and staying out of the box is going to be number one but Let's let's recap Mercyhurst. What did you see from Long Island? Oh, boy. I walked into that one. What did, what um, did you... Do you want to talk I about see? on the
2: ice first? Or do you uh, want to no. talk about off the ice first? Uh, I'm sorry. I let you, you, you right you, into that you, one. Let's start
1: with on the ice. On what the is, ice.
2: Okay. Well, it was kind of hard to see Saturday <laughs> night because I only got to see the third period. But just based on information... Uh, that I got from you and I got from other sources and people that were there. Um, Somebody was reading press clippings because uh, they were not ready to play as a heavy favor, and that is clear when it takes you 10 minutes to get your first shot, Um, when it takes you uh, almost an entire period to get your legs under you at home for your home opener, somebody was reading press clippings. And you want to sit there and say the coach told them this and the players said this and everybody takes a hit because you win as a team, you lose as a team, you, whatever you do, you do as a team. And, uh, you know, we'll hear from the coach a little bit later on, but they, and I don't expect the coach to be like, well, our guy's this and our guy's that Um, he's going to protect his players and good for him. But from my perch along the way, from what I got to see, they clearly were not ready to play. Um, uh, Most of the guys were not ready to play. Um, I know they had the zone time, and I know they had the shots, and I know they had this, and I know they had that. But uh, I don't recall in the third period of Saturday night's game when they were putting the pressure on the, the one period I did get to see with my own two eyes (laughs) where the Mercyhurst goalie had to make any really great saves. He had to make a lot of saves, but he didn't have to make any great saves. He was not really uh, being attacked. Uh, They had the zone time, um, but Mercyhurst basically collapsed in front of them, they did not allow very many, as many shots as they got through, they blocked as many shots and they didn't allow the ASU to get a lot of rebound chances. And, uh, you know, because, and I thought they could have done a better job driving to the net. And in the third period that I got to see, I didn't really see that. And uh, if you're trying to prove to people that last year was not a flash in the pan, um, that you should not have been in that situation, in my opinion. On opening night, when you had the spotlight on you, let let me tell you how much of a hit that was. If you've
1: already seen the poll from yesterday, uh, there is no number twenty anymore. It's down,
3: no. No. it's
1: down into receiving votes. Right now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna play the good cop part of this thing. Is that okay? Um, I saw a lot of nervousness, especially amongst the guys that either had not played an NCAA hockey game or had not played an NCAA hockey game in a while. And that includes both goaltenders both nights. I commented in the press box that they both looked... Let me start this. They looked incredibly stiff and not mobile, and I think that was nerves. I think they were both extremely nervous to be in the net, and I didn't see that in practice leading up to it. I didn't understand what it was that was the issue because I think in, in Max Project's case, he didn't see very many shots. So I think it no, took him he, a long he, time to get in the game on Sunday. But yeah. but even Evan, and and Coach Powers has gone out on a limb to say Evan's going to start Friday night in Mankato. That, okay. That's already about there. Uh, but um, he, he said a million times over, he said, that game on, on Saturday night was not won or lost because of our goaltending. No. But, no. but he, he also said in the press conference, he said, let's be honest. This is his direct quote. Let's be honest. We needed some more saves. And yes. And I think that's what we were all stunned by was that, you know, there was no spectacular saves that had to be made. No. But the easy ones weren't being made. And that's what was frustrating. And then, of course, that, that puck that jumps Jared Gorley's stick and everybody's going like, oh, he whiffed on it. No, he didn't whiff on it. It, it hit us something in the ice and jumped a stick. I mean, what's he supposed to do about that, right? He was in the right position. It jumped a stick. And he had no idea that that guy was standing right there and it was going to lay flat on the ice and allow him to tap it in for the game-tying goal. I mean, that just, you know, that, that I- wasn't... I mean, what could, what he could have done, I suppose, was, was get down on one knee and block it. But, you know, uh, you're not thinking about that at that point. You're thinking the puck's coming to me. I'm just going to get it on my stick and shoot it out of the zone. Well, it jumped the stick. It was a bad bounce. It, and stuff like that happens. Now, uh, three on two, that was a problem. That, that ended up... Definitely game a problem.
2: With, especially uh, with 18
1: seconds. You can't give that up, and they all know
2: it. No, and and... and- I saw with, in the three and a half periods I got to see, uh, also way too many backdoor goals. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that uh, the new goaltending was, if, if we had had the old goalie, that he might have saved one or two of those. We don't know that. These guys had wide open shots at an empty net. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that happened way, way too often. Okay. You want to say it was the first week? Okay. But they did play a bunch of games six weeks ago. Now, right. Now, what that tells me, as I see it, is they all said we learned our lesson from last year's NCAA tournament. I, I will leave that out there for people to make their own decisions on how it turned out. Okay? Yeah. I, I,
1: and, I get your point. I get your point on that one, but a couple of things I'm going to say again, playing the good cop and being on the defense for them just a tad is that um, some of the guys that, that were in that lineup, there was a, uh, not a lot of ice time, if any, for Phil Bunce's that first game. No, nope. Vito who was a very steady and force back there last year. Didn't even touch the ice. No, Um, And so you're playing with Semek and Judson who are both playing their first NCAA games and getting a lot of time, both on the power play. Um, I'm also going to say that you got uh, Sanchez that looked like he was uh, just a tad nervous. And then I'll say also that uh, Logan genuine found out in the first two periods of that Saturday game, that this is NCAA hockey. And, what you did in the NAHL does not matter. Nobody cares who you are, or what you did. They're gonna, they're gonna play hockey, and you better keep up. He kept up better in the third period, and he was much better on Sunday. But um, that was a little bit, oh. a, a little bit of an eye opener for him. And then the final thing I'm gonna say is that in my part of the criticism is, man, I, when is Austin Lemieux gonna start putting the puck in the net? I mean, this kid's been here now this is year three. We, we, you gotta start getting
2: something out of his line. You just have to. All right. Well, go ahead. Okay, let's. I, I, let me respond to that. First of all, <coughs> I thought Judson and Semek played pretty solidly. What once again? What I saw. Are you listening, Pac-12 Network people? <laughs> what I saw. Okay. I thought Judson and Semek played pretty decently. Okay. Um, especially for their first weekend in college hockey. Uh, I thought that the the top D pair of Maniscalco and Paschnuk, uh showed why they're probably a top five defensive pair in the country. Um, obviously, I don't see everybody, but I don't think anybody could argue with that statement. As a matter of fact, not only do I say that, I actually thought that Josh – was the best player in an ASU uniform this weekend in both, both games. I thought he was better than anybody yeah, can't,
1: else. Can't disagree with you. I thought he okay. had a, an outstanding weekend. Um,
2: um,
1: he got on, the, got on the score sheet on uh, on Sunday, which was nice to see him rip the puck. Uh, Brinson also ripped the puck nicely that uh, got him in the score sheet. And I, I asked Coach Powers today, and we'll hear about that on the, uh, the five minute Powers play section is that I said, are you really in need of some secondary scoring here or better play from lines two, three, and four? Because that first line was really clicking, especially Sunday. They looked really good. And he talked about the numbers. He's going to tell you himself it was 80-20 in scoring chances on that line. 80% of the time when they were on the ice, they had the better chances or the chances. and And Mercyhurst only had their top line only had 20% of the chances, so it was, you know, he said analytically the numbers were skewed way in Sun double favor. But it those other two lines. And have, remember, middle of summer, Paul, I was telling everybody that if this team was going to win a national championship, they were going to have to do it by having their second and first lines play even and have their third and fourth lines contribute. The third and fourth lines didn't contribute. Sorry, guys, you just didn't contribute this weekend. And no, you and need I- to
2: if you're going to win at Minnesota State. Well, there's no question about that, and I'm sure after we hear from the coach, we'll probably talk a little bit about Minnesota State. But this is what I will say about lines two, three, and four. Uh, I would agree with you on lines three and four. They didn't give them almost any offensive push in in either game. Uh, I thought the line with Austin Lemieux and Logan Genuine and uh, George, and he was uh, whoever the the center was on that line. I can't remember off the top of Samu. So anyway, I thought it was Jordan Sandu, but uh, yeah. I thought they had some opportunities. Um, and this is to piggyback on what you said about Logan Genuine. Um, I think he did get a wake-up call this weekend about um, not being in the North American League anymore, uh, that this is the NCAA. And I thought he had some was set up for some really good chances. He just waited way too long to take the shots, and by the time he waited – The difference between the North American Hockey League and the NCAA showed up. Uh, If he had shot those pucks right away, I think he would have made a much bigger contribution on the scoreboard than he did. Um, Yep. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. There's going to be a learning curve. The same thing goes with the goalies. There's going to be a learning curve, whether we like it or not. Okay? But this team is supposed to have more veteran leadership than that to come out flat in period number one of the, of this home opener and season opener. Yeah. And,
1: and not to make any excuses on that either, but I, not only did they, I think read the press clippings, but they also got too fixated on uniform combinations. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit on the frustrated side on that right now. I think it's cool but come on, you can't keep switching them up all the time. You don't even know who that team is half the time because sometimes, I mean, I got so many comments from people that say, "Okay, that was sweet," but put the mustard away. We don't need to see them in mustard uniforms
2: anymore. Well, listen, so, listen. They you know, they looked better in those gold jerseys than any time they've put them on a football on a football jersey. Right. So I don't yeah, even no, want to no go disagreement there because no disagreement on that. I don't even want to, as as my friends would tell you. Um, especially some of the guys I went to school with, when they whipped those yellow football jerseys out and uh, I believe it was 1989, the uh, last semester of my college career, they looked awful. These looked good. Yeah, but yeah that's I'm an not story.
1: That it's not that they didn't look good. It's just like you get distracted on things, like a, a sparky on the helmet. and just, just go up there and play the game. Don't be worried about what you look like so much. Put on a uniform and go do your job. That's what it's coming down to.
2: All here's right. here's where I say, and, and I know I said I don't want to compare uh, Evan and Max to Joey from last year. Here's the one thing that this team is going to have to adjust to under game conditions: they don't have a third defenseman out there anymore right. to handle the puck. Yes, and and, and I, I understand. Like I said, that is also going to be something that the defensemen have to adjust to because there was a lot of times over the last three years they didn't have to come all the way back for the puck. Yeah. Okay? Well, let me, let me step in right now and tell you this.
1: Today, they did an awful lot of work on pucks being shot in from the point by a coach and the goaltender having to go back and stop it and set it up. And I can tell you all three of them struggled today. Yeah. And they I... were out there for a long time doing that. I also heard a lot of things from the coaches saying, like, okay, when we're breaking out of our zone, if you got to go back and get the puck, you got to go back and get the puck, and you got to set up down here, and you got to be the third guy down to help out. Uh, and this was on the power play that we were talking about today. But they, uh, so yeah, they definitely know that that's
2: a problem and it has it, it, to be it, fixed. See, no, I see, but I don't think problem in that situation is. Is, is the right word. We're just so spoiled by having a guy back there that's <laughs> that good at handling the puck. Yeah. We, we can't hold Project and DeBrower and Robbins when he gets in there to that kind of stick handling standard because it's just right. not going to be. Most goalies yep. don't handle the puck that well. It's just we've gotten so used to seeing it yep. that we're thinking, oh, every goalie does this. No. No, that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. The defensemen now have to make an adjustment because once again, they're not going to get those lead passes and those breakout passes that they've gotten for the last few years. So.
1: Okay. So I think that hashed over pretty much the weekend on the ice. It was a split. Um, They gave up more goals than they wanted to. They didn't score as many as they wanted to, but the bottom line of it is they're one and one they're heading out. Um, you know, is that one getting a hurt down the road? Maybe, but uh, oh. we aren't going to know that for a while. Um, th- you know, the other thing is you got to look at, you know, there were times last year, too, where they went and, and laid an egg on a certain night. Um, a couple places come to mind in on the East Coast where down the stretch where they got roughhoused by, uh, was it Cornell? Or uh, who, who was it that beat them up pretty good and swept them on the road yeah, late be- in the yeah. year? Yeah. Well, anyway, they so you know it's hard to say in a 35 game season that this game is going to come back to haunt them. But, it will. Um, maybe, maybe not. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, go that far back. Up. Well, listen, this is <laughs> this is what I know.
2: I, I uh, North Dakota fans screamed that they didn't get into the NCAA tournament last year. Well, you yeah. should, got swept by Kenesis. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I forget who Minnesota lost to. That cost them a spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, ASU fans, you better be the biggest Mercyhurst fans outside of Erie, Pennsylvania uh, that there are because the more Mercyhurst <laughs> wins, the lesser of an effect it'll have in the pairwise on ASU. And you lost a game at home that you were supposed to win, and now somewhere along the line you have to go and win a tough road game that you might not have necessarily thought you had to win, but that's how it works. Home losses hurt much more than road losses hurt. Yep. And, yep. and home wins don't affect you as much as winning on the road. And so now uh, somewhere along the line, ASU's got to go on the road uh, against some of their better opponents and, and and take a game that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to take. So...
1: Okay. Do you wanna jump in? let 20 minutes. Do you want to jump in with the coach or do you want to get your rant out of the way and, and and move forward? Your your call. Uh
2: yeah, we can talk to the coach. All we right. can we can let's we take, can let's end the
1: Break. Let's cool you off. Let's give Not the coach about Not six going minutes to to, <laughs> Let's give the coach about six minutes here to uh, to talk a little bit about last weekend and what lies ahead this weekend at uh, Mankato State. We'll take a quick break. We'll be coming right back with Coach Greg Powers in just a minute. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. We're back in the uh, Oceanside locker room for another five-minute Powers play. Coach Greg Powers is with me with the Arizona State. Coach, it was a split. I know you wanted a sweep. Give me your thoughts, first of all, on the weekend.
0: You know, it, it was is obviously not the, the ultimate result that we wanted, but we bounced back and we got away, uh, found a way to get a win on on Sunday in the second game, and um, we felt like that was a game that, that we, we probably could have won 6-7-1 and pulled away from, and they were, again, pretty opportunistic and just found a way to hang around. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and Saturday, like I said, we, we just didn't finish chances that, that we need to finish, and we let them hang around, and, and, and obviously um, they popped a power play goal with over two minutes left and then shocked everybody in the building by, by you know, scoring off that that rush with 18 so it, it was a tough loss it really was we, we 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 dropped one we felt like we shouldn't have um and we got one back sunday so now we just got to plug forward and, and learn from it
1: what was the locker room like uh, saturday night after that one the guys knew what happened i take it
0: yeah i think stunned and and shocked and, and angry you know and and uh i mean we, we we did we watched i've watched that that game a couple times now we completely carried the play in those last two periods in every way and uh, we did everything, but put the puck in the net. That kid played really well, um, and uh, you know, when you go into a third period tied 1-1, and you outshoot them 21 to five, and you you lose, it's frustrating, you know. But but uh, it's hockey, it's why it's such a great game, and it's why we say anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Um, and then even on Sunday, we we felt like once we got up four to one. It, it, we were gonna keep extending that we, we didn't let off the gas we were physical we were staying out of the box we were uh, playing really really well and, and then they got an ugly one on us and and it gave them a little
1: bit of life and and we we uh, we had to gut one out all right so let's put that one behind us let's talk about uh, Minnesota state coming up you saw them last year you quoted or we quoted you as saying that they were about the same team as you faced uh, at the uh desert classic
0: yeah they're exactly the same team um i mean 97 percent of their scoring returns their their goaltender returns and he's only a sophomore this year um they're really good like they're big they're fast they're structured um and they're tough to play at home this is going to be a really big test for us and you know our, our guys are excited to take it on
1: all right so you travel up there you got the number three team in the country what do you guys have to do differently in order to uh, to get a split or a sweep up there
0: I think it was just, just no lapses. I mean, we didn't have that many. Other than the first period on, on, on Saturday, um, I, I was really happy with how we played. I thought we controlled the series. Five out of six periods, I thought we completely outplayed that team. and um, and, uh, and so we got to come out ready to go. We can't get off to a slow start. If we get off to a slow start like we did um on on saturday in game one it it could be ugly you know but uh but our guys got to be ready and 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 play the way we want to play and and be a four check predicated team and put pressure on them and um and we'll be fine
1: i think this weekend we all got a glimpse of what sanchez walker and kumensis look like together they're pretty solid but i'm guessing you want to see a little more from lines two three and four
0: yeah you know i thought i thought that um i thought that that in game one that the sandu line was actually really good without converting uh, obviously the, the the sanchez line was dominant and they didn't convert i thought that our veteran line with gruber and bushy and, and willie struggled in game one but then the next day they bounced back and had a really good game and, and did everything but finish. they had about four or five grade a's that they just didn't finish on um and we got what we needed out of our fourth line. They did what they had to do. And, and, and so, you know, we, we need more consistency throughout the lineup. But, um, you know, you look at, like, the analytics of the weekend and how that top line performed, they were dominant. I mean, they, they, uh, they outchanced uh, Mercyhurst, you know, almost 80% to 20, you know, when they are on the ice. And, um, and, and they basically just had the puck the entire time they are on the ice. So they're fun to watch, and they'll keep getting better, too.
1: Okay. Final thing for you is goaltending. You uh, had a chance to see two of your three goaltenders. Anything going to be different this uh, this weekend?
0: You know, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think we need more out of them. I think that it was an okay start for them. Um, I know they both demand excellence out of themselves, and Justin's going to get his opportunity coming soon. Um, but uh, I think I think they can be better. You know, and and it's not to certainly say. Because by no means did we lose that first game because of goaltending. That wasn't why we lost. Um, you know, but but Evan would want that first goal back. And you know, if you make that save, and 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 don't give him a lead, maybe the, you know the game goes a little bit differently. Everything is 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 you know translates off of off of those things that happen. If we don't let in that stinker to, to cut it to four two, after a couple of big hits, maybe we extend it to five six one, and they don't and they they don't you know they go away. They're they're looking to just get on their flight. So. We need the saves that we're we're supposed to get, and and I think those guys are fully capable of doing it, Um, and I have no doubt that they'll perform really well up at Mankato.
1: All right, Coach, that uh, that wraps it up for this week. Go up to Mankato and come back with a couple of Ws. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks.
0: Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar & Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre game like a pro, post game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co.
1: All right, we'll be back. Uh, Paul? Chance to visit with the coach today on the five-minute powers play. He was a little rushed, as everybody was today. So I think what happened was twofold. They took an awful lot of time on the ice today. They changed their practice time slightly, which uh, made everybody, including the media people, a little uptight. Um, And I think now that they did that, they have to get back on track. And, uh, you know, I want to thank the coach, first of all, personally, for coming on because he was really rushed but he did give us five and a half, six minutes of, uh, of good talk, and we got the, be- the best we could out of there. So thanks, Coach, for uh, for doing that. But your thoughts on what he had to say?
2: Well, I, I kind of said uh, the things that I kind of had a feeling that he was going to say. Um, you know, we have to accept and learn to translate a certain amount of coach speak. Yes. Um, i understand that sports has become all about analytics but my eyes still work and i know what i saw excuse me when i got to see it i know what i saw um and um and there, there were i don't like i said there were good things there were bad things um you know, I thought, like I said, I thought Semek and Judson played really, really well, uh, especially for their first weekend. And um, I got to give credit to Mercyhurst. Uh, they could have rolled over on in both of those games. Uh, they didn't. You know, obviously, they came back with four minutes to go on Saturday night and made ASU sweat on Sunday night. Um Sometimes you have to give credit to the other team. I don't, I don't want to make sit here and make this all about what I thought ASU did or didn't do. Um, I'll say this again. Last year was easy. Didn't have any of these moments last year. ASU basically won the games they were supposed to win and won a few that they weren't supposed to win, which is why they made the NCAA tournament. Um, this is one of the few times uh, in the short history of the program that they didn't really win a game they were supposed to win and a game they had to win. So uh, no, no team is ever going to be perfect. Um, But now they have work to do and I hope they're ready for it because they're going to be up against it this weekend without a doubt. Yeah, I
1: totally agree. I think uh, Minnesota state coming in number three ranked in the country uh, coach elaborated it to Sunday also uh, in the five-minute powers play, that they have basically the entire team coming back. They do. And, it's, including it's, their sophomore goaltender. This,
2: is, this, is, this, this team um, is a legitimate threat uh, to, 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 to win a national championship. Uh, my Twitter buddy, Boblin Maverick, uh, who I get uh, a lot of conversation with, especially about uh, his Minnesota State guys, uh, McKay is a good goalie we saw that firsthand last year at the Desert Classic they have six guys coming back that scored double digits goals last year and five guys coming back and some of them are the same guy but had 20 plus assists on the season so you're you're talking about a team that's got some veteranness to it it's got a lot of scoring coming back and the goalie, You know, we're not also not used to uh, opponents of ASU having that big of an edge in net. Uh, Dryden McKay last year had a 1.75 goals against average and a .92-something save percentage. I mean, you know, he's going to be in the Richter talk all year long. Okay,
1: so let me – let me jump in a little bit on that part of it. Um, you know, what you're saying is all true. And what you can look on paper and see it. But we just saw Mercyhurst come in here. And when they no, won absolutely. that game, Saturday, when they came in on Saturday and won that game, it looked like they'd won the Stanley Cup. I mean, absolutely. they celebrated like never before. So um, they still got to play the game up there, right? I no, mean, no, no, Minnesota no, no. State no. on paper no. is going to say they're they're pretty good. But if those guys don't perform... Uh, Or they get negated anyway. And I I really think, honestly, that the top six uh, forwards from ASU can play with anybody, including Minnesota State. So I think it's going to have to be guys like like PJ Morocco, Austin Lemieux, Philip Buntis when he gets his shot, Peter Zong. Some of those guys are going to have to jump up and and take the reins and, and score some goals. Listen, and no, they're
2: going to have to stay out of the box. We talked well, about that. That listen, was we've been horrible. About that. We've been talking about that for, you know, on, 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 on this platform all last year. And before we started doing this, how they had to stay out of the penalty box, especially when they didn't have as much talent. And I don't want to sit here because I'd be an idiot to sit here and say, oh, they have no shot. Why don't you just stay home and don't play? Of course, you have. Yeah. Of course, you have to go there, and you have to be like, "Why not us you have to do that every night?" So I'm not. I don't want to sit here and say ASU hey, can't win because that's crazy, but we still have to talk a little bit about Minnesota State for those that don't, you know, that are not looking at it. And, say, and we're only scratching the surface here, but we have to give some information about Minnesota State. We can't. Oh, oh, we have for to, sure. we, have, we have to say we have to call it like it is. And when you have all that scoring coming back and the goalie coming back, that's just fact. That's not, uh, that's not saying ASU can't win. That's just saying what is. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So we got a chance to visit with the coach about a little bit. Now, before we get into our uh, pitchfork profile, which is really short, uh, I think Brinson did that on purpose just so you could rant a little bit. So I'm going to give guy, you. It, here's what we're going to do I'm going to give you a few minutes to, to air your feelings. Of what you felt from Long Island, New York, all weekend long, and then we're going to end it on a high note. We're going to go in and visit with Brinson and wrap things up um, on the high note and the positives. So, all right, drum roll. Where, where, do, you away, where away, do you want to start?
3: Take away, Paul. Where do you want to start?
1: Where You're do you want to start? This, this? How is, about Saturday at? How about Saturday at about
2: six thirty? How about that? This Mount is standard time. Yeah, this is uh, October eighth, uh, as we're as we're. Do we still call it taping this? Do we call it, I don't know what. Recording it. As we call it, it. We're called, recording, recording it? it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and this is all tied together. This is all tied together with the fact that people running this darn thing, uh, and I don't just mean the school, I mean the conference and all of this other stuff, uh, whatever their business model is, they're getting 15 to $20 million less from their network money then the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC are going to start getting. So you've already fallen behind that for three or four years. So uh, when I am sitting here on October 8th and I don't see any renderings and I don't see any shovels and I don't see any of this other stuff. What happened to the coaches did his job on the ice? We have to do our jobs off. What happened to that? You guys need to say something. Okay. You don't have to come out and say – and give it word for word. But we're now on October 8th in year five. And I don't see any shuffles. Enough is enough. At least tell us what's going on. You had an RFP uh, uh, cycle come and go. That was four months ago. Let's go. You, you, we, we deserve – as fans and supporters of this program, we deserve an update. Because – that all ties into the fact that they're playing these games in a on a makes in in in, 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 a, in a place where there's also a makeshift press box okay <laughs> and the guy running the situation for the school as part of the Cronkite school which I am a proud alum of you're still having the same problems that we had in 1989 <laughs> okay You're still having the same problems, equipment-wise, that we had in 1989. What are you doing? What are you doing, person running and overseeing the stuff that goes out on the Pac-12 network and Pac-12 Plus and all of this other stuff? What are you doing? How do you have a situation where opening night, the first two periods are not seen because the stream went down? This is not 1989 using a 10-year-old phone technology <laughs> with landlines. What are you doing? Okay? This is ridiculous. And you know it's a problem when I'm on my Twitter feed trying to keep up with the game as well as text messaging with people back and forth, okay, when names I have never seen pay attention to an ASU hockey game. Our stream is where is our feed? Where is our feed? Where is our stream? Okay, we don't even, not even going to talk about the okay, (laughs) and you're still having these problems. This is 2019, not 1989, when we were using basically (laughs) four tin cans and two strings, unlike Al Michaels, (laughs) who back in the late 60s. When he talked about his experience at the student radio station that existed at that time as two tin cans and a string, because it basically only went to Manzanita Hall and Palo Verde over there <laughs> next to it, okay? When we did it, it went to all the dorms, except for maybe one of them, but we were using old technology then for the time, okay? we We were using dial-up people, okay? Why is this still what, what's that? yeah exactly <laughs> Why is this still happening in 2019? obviously either somebody doesn't give a darn, okay or somebody's not doing their job okay and I hate the fact that I have to 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 say these things and because if anybody says I don't care, they're full of it because I want nothing more. Then to see the Cronkite kids that are doing this stuff not have these problems. Nobody wants to see that less than I do. Nobody. I promise you that. And it all tied together okay, between the network and the, the commissioner and the building and everybody else and everything else. It's all tied together because that stuff doesn't happen in any of the modern facilities that the university is built, or in any of the other schools. It just doesn't happen. All right. Take a breath, <laughs>
1: folks. Folks, that, that's a little frustration from the weekend. And let me tell you firsthand, folks, for, for those of you listening, Paul Hornstein is the biggest Sun Devil fan on this planet that, uh, that we live on. Uh, uh, I,
2: don't, I don't want to say that because I'm sure there are people – that are much bigger, for, but what, no. I, what, they, what they're not going to find is somebody that wants to see anything that's connected with the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Telecommunications succeed more than I do, because that's like my family tree. Right. Okay? Yep. And I get it. And so nobody, want more, nobody more than me wants to see that stuff succeed and nobody, nobody is more. Listen, if I could, if I had to wear with all the wherewithal to write them big giant checks, I would have done it already. <laughs> all I have is my platform here to talk about it. And I'm sorry. Is it going to happen once in a while in in the middle of the season? That can't happen on opening night when you are the focus. Yes. Well, well said,
1: Paul. All right. Let's give ourselves a chance to uh, to regroup. We, uh, we got the, the rant out. Let's uh, take a quick break. Let's visit him with Brinson Passionate, the captain of this 2019-20 team, and a captain that uh, had to do some captaining, I think. I, I wanted to visit with him longer today. He had to go to class. I get it. He's a student athlete, but um, what he said was still kind of interesting. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and get our Pitchfork profile in with Captain Brinson Pashnuck. We'll be right back. It's back for another uh, Pitchfork Profile. We'll go quickly because this guy's got to do some class because he's a student-athlete, but Captain Brinson Pashnuck is with me. And Brinson, what were your thoughts on the first weekend?
3: Um, they were a little bit of mixed emotions. I mean, i seen a lot of good stuff this weekend, but that loss Friday night still really, really stinging. Um, we never should have lost that game, and... Uh, we just can't afford to let games like that slip away but i'm really proud of the guys the way we came back and uh, battled saturday night and and took a win
1: give us a feel for the locker room saturday night afterwards what was it like in there
3: um i mean it was happy we we just won you always should be happy after a win on on any night but you could tell everyone was still stinging from the night before it was still uh Still getting under our skin a little bit, so I think we're just going to bring that, you know, emotion into this next weekend, and it's going to be good.
1: Okay, huge weekend going up to number three, uh, Minnesota State. You saw them. It's virtually the same team that was here last holiday season. What do you want to do to them to, uh, to
3: take the game to you guys? It's just simple, I think. I think we have a, we have a good enough team that we can beat anyone in this league, um, but it's are we going to come out and work harder than the other team every night. And if we do that, um, we're gonna have a lot of success. And if we come out and we outwork that team we're playing this weekend, we're gonna win. It's that simple.
1: All right, let's wrap it up with your pairing with uh, Josh Can You guys just continue to play better and better. Is there anybody that can beat you two when you're on the ice together?
3: <laughs> I mean, if like I said, if everyone makes mistakes, no one's perfect out there. Um, Me and him make mistakes. We did made a couple this weekend, but I think just uh, the chemistry we have out there. um, If one of us does make a mistake, the other one is right there to, you know, sell out completely to make sure nothing happens off that mistake. So I think that's why we work so good together is, you know, um, we're best friends away from the rink, too. We're not just best friends at the rink. Uh, We're always hanging out. You know, we go on double dates all the time with our girls. So um, I think it's just like we have a really good relationship on and off the ice.
1: All right, I told your brother last week he was my favorite unmarried passionate, so let's do it fair. You're my favorite married passionate, yeah, Fair? Glad to
3: hear. <laughs>
1: All right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive.
0: My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime
1: with M-Drive. All right, welcome back in. Paul Hornstein, you had a chance to see the captain. We talked to his brother who um, I said last week was my favorite unmarried Pashnik. This time I got to visit with my favorite married Pashnik.
2: You are splitting hairs. You are (laughs) splitting hairs and I don't You are just, oh my God. I got to get it. I love to walk the fence. I just love to walk the fence. Oh, jeez. Oh my God.
1: All right. Your thoughts on, on the quick conversation with Brinson today and I promise folks we'll get more from Brinson down the road, but uh, we got a little bit out of them. What's he going to say?
2: What's he going to say? The players in that locker room, there's no way they were happy after Saturday night. There's no way. No. Oh, no. I, and, and, and I'm, sh- you know, a lot of times that uh, fans think that the coach has got to go in there and you know, nobody, I guarantee you, nobody was more angry than those players because they know. They know. And let, let me- I guarantee you they were embarrassed.
1: Let me tell you, the the statement
2: that was put on Saturday night
1: was actually put on Sunday afternoon. Johnny Walker had a chance to give up that puck to somebody in the center of the ice and to do the empty netter. Johnny took it himself and made sure it was an empty netter. He also made sure it was an empty netter scored by number seven to to add to his goal scoring total. There was no doubt in my mind when he picked that puck up at center ice that he wasn't going to be the one to finish it no matter what. That was oh, a statement to say, I'm, hey, we're here. We're finishing. We're done. I'm
2: sorry. I, you know, it would have been nice to have seen that too because guess what? In a 5-4 <laughs> game with six minutes to go, the feed went down again. <laughs>
1: oh, man, our poor executive producer is going to have to listen to your rant when she puts this together. Put your earmuffs on, <laughs> Terry. Terry. Set, start sending the flowers and the chocolates for it now, Paul, because you're going to need to. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to have to get I,
2: my blood pressure checked, too. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I mean, it, it's so frustrating. I'm sitting up in the press box, and I know what's going on. And, and, and I'm going to give a shout-out to our photographer, Zach Bondurak, because Zach was fantastic.
2: Job. did a great job. Oh, he got job. some
1: great shots. Um, I took my iPad out and tried to make sure I captured as much video stuff as I could. Because I knew what was happening and I didn't know if there would be any video action. So I tried to make sure I recorded on my iPad as many of the goals as I could. And as many of the exciting plays. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Dom Garcia hit in the middle of the ice. Which was just a display of how strong that young man is. Oh, he um, is. And it was a clean hit. And, and BS on these people that are going, Arizona State, it's another big hit. Yeah, you're right. It was another big Aye. hit. It was another clean hit. You know, I mean, that's how you play the game. But anyway, I'm off my soapbox on that. So,
2: you call that a soapbox? What about uh, the last hour?
1: <laughs> well, you were on top. You're on top of the Statue of Liberty, maybe out there. <laughs> yeah, I okay. I hear you. I hear the frustration. It uh, believe me, it it's been heard around here as well. There were a lot of unhappy people. Um, something has to happen. I, I got a feeling something is going to happen. But, uh, you know, right now they, they rode all last year on a winning team, right? And this year, th- this is the first time that they've, they've really started off not the way they wanted to. They were a dominant team that should have won, should have swept both games, and, uh, and they didn't. So now they got to get on the road and, and they got to go do something magical again. Um, and it starts in Mankato, Minnesota, this weekend. Well, let's hope so.
2: I, I know. Listen, I'll be there. You know, I would, I don't mean physically there. but Are you going to be there? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, it's your job to go to Minnesota. I go to Boston and Rhode Island and, and Worcester and <sighs> those places. Your job to go to Minnesota and North Dakota, not mine. Okay. Uh,
1: so I think a lot of things were learned uh, this past weekend. I think you're going to see it on the ice. I think there's going to be a lot more attention to detail. There has to be. You can't give up three-on-twos. You can't give up backdoor goals. You can't have bouncing pucks. I mean, there's so many things that you just have to pay attention to. But I think you and I talked about this earlier in the year, and I was a little bit more optimistic than you were uh, in the goaltending side of things. I really, What I saw this weekend is not what I've seen in practice for
2: the last month. Um, Now, listen, it was their first starts, too. Uh, well, I get it. it was I at get his it. first start, and 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 and, and project was making his, basically, uh, I don't know how much he played last year. I haven't looked it up, but know, he much. was behind. He didn't play much uh, behind Jake Ottinger, and uh, you know, so he is, you know, he's probably dealing with some rust too. But and when, it didn't look like rust to me, Paul. It looked like
1: nerves. Okay, nerves, them, rust,
2: uh, it's fine. Um, well, here's the
1: difference, though. Rust, you can shake off and go. You know, Nerd, that's when you rest your
2: teammates got to pick you
1: up. Right. And I think they realize that. But here's the thing with it is they just got to steady it, steady it down, stop the puck, and then, then go from there. They don't need to be thinking about where they're going to move the puck to or what they're going to do. They just need to focus on stopping the puck. And I think Coach Power said that best when he said, Let's be honest, we need more saves. I think that one's going to ring with me, that quote, for the entire season. We need more saves. And he never said that with Joey Decord. He said, you guys got to help Joey out a little bit because he's making every save.
2: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I understand that. Um, I think I, you're, I think your voice might be going. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we, we seem to be having a little... Uh, uh, technical problem here. I don't know if it's on my end, or your end, but <laughs> um, you know. Um, but that's besides the point. So this is probably a good time for me to shut up, let you finish <laughs> things up, uh, thank the sponsors, etc., and uh, we'll finish Have our some. conversation after we uh, are done recording.
1: All right. So that uh, that brings us out to our, our great sponsors again. The guys of our college bar and grill. The guys down at Behind the Mask, the guys over at OxyPow, Jay, thanks again for helping out on fantastic Fridays. Our friends over at M Drive. We've added the Ice Den Chandler and Scottsdale. We've got Oceanside back with us this year. We've got uh, our good friends that uh, are about to jump on board, I believe, over at Peoria Ford. So we've done a lot of work to try to get that done. I'm looking forward to having them as well. Um, Who am I missing? Oh, the University of Arizona and the ACHA.
3: Yeah.
1: Who? A? A. Uh, University of Arizona, the, the University, Arizona State University and the, uh, the Sun Devil ACHAD1 team for jumping on board with us. So uh, again, we're extending the, the opportunity through October to jump on board. If you email me or direct message me, email at ithswsales at gmail.com and get on board. There's still plenty of time. If you want to jump on board with Paul Hornstein, he'd love to have some more support behind behind his rants. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll look forward to seeing you next week after a uh, very, very important and interesting series at Minnesota State in Mankato, Minnesota. So for my good friend Paul Hornstein, hanging out on Long Island before it snows, this is Scott Strandy. We're talking hockey in the desert southwest on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. See you next week, folks. See you next week.